From the Quadesh Family Church, Apostle Joel Obobasa will inspire you with anointed, practical, and down-to-earth Bible-based teachings that will refresh, energize, and motivate you to do your best for God. Join the Apostle now as he ministers the Word of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today and we thank you for your blessing. We pray that you will bless our time in your word. Holy Spirit, visit us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. You may be seated, please. There's a hum. I don't know where it's coming from. Can Right. Okay. All right. Today I'm going to share with you how chapter 19 how to protect yourself from being offended. <laughs> wow. That's a blessing, isn't it? Last week we talked about how to overcome offenses. And we said, number one, expect to be offended in the ministry or in the church. Amen. Expect to be offended. Why do we say you should expect to be offended? Because Jesus said it is impossible, but that offenses should come. Do you get it? So, um, I think that if offense is going to come anyway, then what we need to do is to prepare yourself for it. Do you get it? Stop obsessing over the source and think more about your survival of it. Do you get it? Treat offense like the weather. You know, and if, for example, you check the forecast this morning, like when I was looking at the, you know, driving up here, it was over 100 degrees. Yeah, where... You know, but it gets cooler as you come this way, yes. But where I was coming from, it was 101. Yeah. Yes, in the morning. Can you imagine that? That's, that's not nice. Yes. Do you see? So, now, what are you going to do about that? Nothing. Because it is impossible. <laughs> but that the weather is hot. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So then, what can we do about such a situation? The only thing we can do is to adjust yourself, you see, to be able to cope with it. Amen. Adjust yourself to be able to cope with that situation. And that is how you survive. Amen. So if you know it's going to be 101 degrees, 
then maybe you don't want to wear your sweater on that day, isn't it? You're, you don't want to wear your winter coat, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And you try to be as light as you possibly can, isn't it? DJ, DJ, hello. <laughs> DJ, are you listening to me? Yeah. At least listen to me, man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So adjust yourself to be able to cope with it. Amen. So expect to be offended. Number two was to expect to be offended by a close person. You get it? Often we think that once somebody is close then all we can expect for, from them is something good, isn't it? So when close people hurt us, we are so disappointed. And it hurts very much, especially because the person is close. But sometimes it's not even so much that somebody did something, but it's who did it. <laughs> who knows what I'm talking about? Yes, it hurts because of who did it. You say that if it was somebody else who did this, I would I would be able to cope with it. You, you get it? Yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be able to take it. It's not even a problem. But you, you see, you, you know, David, David in the Bible had such a situation. Let's Psalm fifty-five. You see. Psalm 55, verse 12. He said, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. You get it? So his problem is not bearing the reproach. It seems he has the capacity to bear, uh, to bear the reproach. Whatever was being done, you know, was not so much a problem as who was doing it. He said, it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, mine equal, my guide, mine acquaintance. You get it? We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. That's why it hurts. <laughs> Yes, because you are close. Amen. So expect to be hurt by someone who is close. Amen. In fact, the closer people are, the more likely they are to hurt you. The more likely their actions are to hurt you. You get it? Yes. If I kept standing here, I wouldn't hurt DJ, but if I start moving closer to her, I'll be stepping on her toes. You get the likelihood of stepping on her toes increases with, 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 with proximity, isn't it? Yes. So don't think that your close friends are angels. Amen. They are also human beings and expect that they'll do something one of these days that is going to hurt you real bad but it's only a sign of closeness. Do you get it? It's not that they are worse than anybody else. Just that because they are close, it really hurts. 
more. Amen. Number three, confess and accept that you are offended. How to, we're talking about how to overcome offenses. Confess and accept that you are offended. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with being offended as we learned last week, isn't it? That you, you, you are also a human being. You get it? And when you are hurt, learn to acknowledge it. Instead of pretending that you're not hurt and um, acting in ways that cannot be explained. Do you see? Yes. Instead of faking a smile, you know, and pretending that all is well when all is not well, why don't you be bold? Do you see? Be bold and just accept that this thing that happened has really ticked me off or has robbed me the wrong way and I'm hurt. Do you get it? Yeah, sometimes people don't even know they've hurt you. Do you, do you get it? People don't know that what they did, said, didn't do, whatever it is, has hurt you. And so they're entitled to knowing. Don't you think so? People are entitled to knowing that what they did has hurt you. And so we must be willing to acknowledge or accept, you know, that you have been hurt. Amen. Amen. And when you admit that you have been hurt, it's not the same as admitting that it's your fault. (laughs) Do do you get it? Yes. So you don't have to feel ashamed of admitting that you are hurt because it's as though you are admitting a weakness. You get it? And, And that's not the case. So just accept it and that will begin the process of your healing. Amen. Number four, recognize that you are in danger when you're offended. You get it? Yes. This is where we read Apostle Paul's very interesting something. He said, to whom ye forgive, forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgive I it in, in the person of Christ. Right? But the point is how he concludes, which is, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. So it means Satan gets an advantage of us when we don't forgive. Isn't it? Yes, yeah, Satan gets an advantage of us. He, he's put at, a, at an advantage, you know, he, he gets a, a, a start, a head start. Do you see? Yes. And he, he's able in some cases to overcome us, actually. Do, 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 do you understand? Yes, he's able to overcome us um, because he has an advantage. His advantage is that you are hurt. And when you're hurt, he can then stir up many other things, you know, in you. He can stir up hatred, envy, malice. All those things now can can go on in your life because the ground is ripe for it. 
Do you get it? So we need to understand that we are in danger. When you are hurt, know that you are not in a good place. Amen. Amen. Don't be so proud of, of being hurt. <laughs> you get it. Such that you want to retain that status <laughs> and, and maintain it for, for a while. Do you see? Yes, because sometimes when you're hurt, um, you get a lot of attention. <laughs> Isn't it? Everybody calls you and says, you know, it's okay, it's okay. So, you know, just uh, sorry for left, yeah. Everybody keeps, you know, paying attention to you and you can get so used to it that um, you actually enjoy it. Do, do you see? Yeah. And even if people are not making any comments about it, you, you feel like it's like driving and having the right of way. Do, 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 do you get it? Yes. And some people like to insist on their right of way even if it's driving you into an accident. What I mean is the fact that the green light is on your side and the red light is on his side. And he has decided to disobey the red light. If you insist on going on your green, now you are going to die. <laughs> you get it? Yeah. But some people, that's how some people drive. They insist that, you know, it's, it's green for me. So I'm going and I'm not looking. And anybody who drives into me, well, too bad for him. Because I have the right of way. Yes, you do have the right of way. But sometimes in your own interest, you need to yield it. You need to surrender it. You need to give it up so that you can live. Yes. Amen. So you just let the person pass. Do you see what I'm saying? So if you understand it this way, that look, I'm not in a good place when I'm offended. That when I'm hurt... When I'm offended, Satan has an advantage over me. Do you get it? And because he has an advantage over me, I need to forgive. So I get out of this place. You see, it's not about the person. If you keep looking at the person, you will never be able to forgive. You see, and again, many times in an offense, we have the wrong focus. We're looking at the wrong person. We should be looking at ourselves against whom Satan now has an advantage. Instead of looking at the person, you see, who you think is going scot-free when you forgive. Isn't it? Yes. And the reason why it continues on and on is because our focus is on the person. As long as you keep looking at the one who hurt you, you will always have a reason to maintain that status and maintain the head. Keep it. Because you're looking at the other person. You see, yes. And the devil deceives us all the time. He makes us feel like offense, uh, forgiveness benefits the one we forgive. More than it benefits the one who is forgiving. But it is indeed the case that it is the one who is forgiving or who needs to forgive who is in danger because Satan has an advantage over him 
not over the one who caused the offense. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Satan has an advantage over the one who is hurt by the offense, not over the one who has caused the offense. You see, so you see that the danger is here. You see, but you are actually looking there and thinking that if I forgive this person, then he is free. He gets the benefit while I am hurting. You see, so no, I'm not forgiving him. I'll not let him go free. You see, so you keep holding on to it. I think it was here last week I was showing you that illustration, right? Of somebody putting something around your neck and the person dragging you all over the place. You see, until you forgive the person, you will not be free. The person will still be in control of your life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So learn to think about it. Think about yourself when you are hurt. You see, it just even makes sense. If there are two people, one of them is hurt, the other one is not hurt. Who deserves attention? (laughs) The one who is hurt. Yes, so think about yourself. (laughs) Think about yourself. Don't think about what forgiving will do for that person. Think about what forgiving will do for you. Amen. And that will free you and it will set you free. Amen. Then number five, decide never to revenge. Decide never to revenge. Isn't it? Yes. The Bible says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Amen. So, We should not revenge. Amen. It is not Christian to revenge. Hallelujah. The Bible says, give place unto wrath because it is written, vengeance is mine. Amen. You know, in both Matthew 18 and Luke 17, you know, where Jesus talks about the the fact that offenses, you know, will surely come. Both Matthew 17, uh, seven, uh, Luke 17 and Matthew 18. In both situations, he mentions that the person by whom the offense comes, you know, is actually in trouble. You get it? Yes. So we need to trust God to deal with whoever it is that has caused us to be so upset. Amen. You don't need to do anything. God will take care of it. Amen? Amen. God will take care of it. Sometimes people don't even understand and will not understand how their actions hurt you or to what extent you've been wounded by what they did. You get it? They don't know how deeply they have hurt you. 
They don't know what they have changed in your life. They don't know what has shifted in your life by what they did, you know? And it's even more hurtful when the person, you know, sees you sulking or sad or even try, you make an attempt to bring it to the person's attention, you know, and they just dismiss it, you know, and just say, oh, is it just this little thing that is making you cry or making you moody or make, you know, they just despise you and just dismiss what has caused such severe pain in your heart. So they hurt you twice. That's why God says, leave them alone. Leave them for me. Amen. Leave them for me. You know, sometimes God knows how to bring the person into the exact same situation just to understand (laughs) what it meant when they put you in that situation. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So we are not supposed to revenge as Christians. Amen. Amen. Recompense no man evil for evil. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5.15. It says, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Amen. Amen. Then First Peter 3.9. The Bible says, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Amen. Amen. So it's a blessing not to revenge. Amen. Amen. So do not revenge. Number six says, forgive quickly. Amen. Amen. Forgive quickly. And we saw how Jesus forgave the disciples quickly. He forgave Peter very quickly, isn't it? Yes. For Peter, who denied him, you know, when he was arrested, within three days after he had been crucified and he resurrected, he told Mary Magdalene and co, go and tell the disciples, and Peter in particular, that I am around. Are you getting it? He was not about to destroy his relationship with Peter, you know, over his denial of Christ. Do you get it? Because sometimes there's still more in the relationship. You get it? Even though a very terrible thing has happened. I mean, imagine that your your most trusted person, Peter was one of the earliest apostles to follow Jesus Christ. He was one of the most trusted ones you see, and had, had walked closely with the Lord. And when the Lord was in trouble, Peter said, I don't know you. Yeah, imagine if your best friend told you in a situation, I, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're being arrested or something for something you haven't done. And you thought that your best friend of all people, you know, if he would come and testify or say something, you know, the police might let you go because, you know, here is somebody credible saying that it's not your fault or that you were not there. 
Do you see? And then he comes and he says, me? I'm sorry. I don't don't even know you. (laughs) You get it? Yes. And then you start mentioning his name, the name you know. And you say, Charles, Charles. Okay, maybe not Charles. (laughs) So maybe not Charles. Johnny, right? Okay, there's no Johnny here, at least. Okay, so you say, (laughs) somebody says Jean Jacques. (laughs) Okay, no, Johnny, Johnny, not Jean Jacques. Okay, so you say Johnny, Johnny. Then he says, Excuse me. You're talking to me? (laughs) No, I, I don't know you. He said, but look, come on, Johnny, what, what, what are you doing? You know, maybe at this time, you've been cuffed and, you know, and you're, you're talking, you're saying, look, Johnny, look, excuse me, I don't, my name is not Johnny. You cannot even believe it. Yes. Says his name is Isaac. What? When did Johnny become Isaac? Well, that's what he's saying. You get it? At the time when you are in great difficulty, when you thought that Johnny would stand up for you, and Johnny did not, is not only not standing up for you, he's also denying. Because some people actually told Peter you were with him, even the way you speak, the way you say forgive, mercy. You get it. Your language betrays you. It shows that you're one of them. Then, because he said that, Peter started to use F words and B words. And and said, oh, I mean, curse words. Just uh, I'm actually in the opposite. I don't know mercy or forgive or or what else. Uh, It's working. What a shock. Oh, yes. I don't know all these things. What are all these? Change. Do you see? So you can imagine how disappointed Christ must have been. I mean, imagine if it were you. I'm sure that when you rise up from the dead, one of the things you'd like to do at least would be to frighten Peter. Yes. Isn't it? Do you see how different we are from Christ? Oh, yes. I mean, I would like to go to Peter's house. I would go there and I would go there at night. When Peter is sleeping. You get it? Yes. And when I get there, he said his name is no longer Peter. When I was in trouble, he said he was not Peter. His name was Isaac. So I will enter the room and I will say, Isaac. (laughs) Yes. I will enter his room and I will say, Isaac, do you recognize me? Do you see? Yes. 
But Jesus was not like that. Jesus is still not like that. Hallelujah. But rather, he still felt that the relationship with Peter still has potential. And he was right. Because Peter's greatness was even yet to come out. You see, the best part of Peter, which is Peter as the leader of the church, was yet to manifest. So you see, sometimes we give up relationships too early. Do, do, Do you get it? Because perhaps whatever happened was supposed to test the relationship and prepare it for its real purpose. Does it make sense? Yes, prepare the relationship for its real purpose. You see, because you remember that um, Jesus told Peter much earlier that upon this rock I'll build my church. Do do, Do you get it? Yes, he said that Peter, you are a rock and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, it seems that Jesus could see Peter's future in terms of building and establishing the church. And so he wouldn't allow Peter's denial to rob him of that potential and of that destiny. Do you get it? There are relationships that God sets us up with people that God brings into our lives and they they have a real purpose. You get it? The people are in our lives for a real purpose. Many times for a season to come. Do you get it? For a season to come. You may not find much use for them now, but perhaps five years from now, they may be People that will be very important to your life. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, there may be people who are very important to your life in just five years. So forgiveness is what will allow us to still reap that benefit. Otherwise, the offense will rob us of that benefit. I mean, if Jesus had held on to Peter's denial, you know, he would not have had Peter as an apostle. You know, the Peter who was preaching on the day of Pentecost for 3,000 people to come to know Jesus. You get it? The price of that is forgiveness. Do you get it? Yes. The price of that is forgiveness. I think if you are Christ, you'll be happy to have a servant who preaches one time. And then 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. Yes, and another time shortly after that, 5,000 people gave their lives to Christ. Yes. I mean, some people dared, when the Holy Ghost fell on them, some people dared to say that they were drunk. You see, some people dared to say they were drunk. And then Peter rose up and said, you can't talk like that. It's too early to be drunk. Then he began to rebuke them and began to speak boldly. Sometimes they flogged them. Yes, they whipped them and told them, warned them not to preach. Then Peter said to them, 
Whether it is right to obey you or to obey God, you tell us. This is the same Peter. Same person who was denied because people may hurt us, but people get better. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, people get better. And if you're willing to forgive them, you'll find people will eventually mature into responsible people, loving people, and they will pay you back whatever they owe you. Amen. That's what has happened to all of us, isn't it? Yes, in our families and so on, we have been forgiven a lot. Oh, yes. We broke their precious things, our parents. Yes, we destroyed their things. We misplaced their things. You know, you were going for prom or whatever and your mom loaned you her special necklace. You know, and you broke it. (laughs) Do you see? Yes. Or came back home not even noticing that it was no longer... (laughs) You get it? Until she asks for it. You see, yes. But they have forgiven us. And because they have forgiven us, they still have us. Are you getting the picture? Yes. You know, when I think of myself, even in the ministry, I've been forgiven a lot. Do do, do, Do you get it? Yes. That's how I still get to be here. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So I also have to forgive you a lot. Like for the sound that didn't come last week. On, on, on uh, what do you call it? On Facebook, I noticed later when I went to watch the praise and worship that the sound was not there. But you are forgiven. <laughs> You get it? Yes. So we all need to realize that the relationships have more to give. Sometimes the best part of it is yet to come. Yes. Because if you compare Peter after Christ rose up from the dead, you know, and compare him to Peter before Christ died, you can see a vast difference. The Peter before Christ died, was full of doubt and was, you know, he was just not polished. He's the guy who cut off somebody's ear. Yeah, when some people came to attack Jesus, he just sliced off the guy's ear. Yes. I suspect he was going for the head. Yeah, I suspect he was really going for the guy's head. The the knife didn't land properly. Or maybe somebody reached out to hold his hand or something. Hey, stop it. And he got the ear, maybe. Do you see? So when you compare that Peter with the Peter in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, you see a responsible leader. A responsible pastor. Somebody who is leading the rest of the apostles through persecutions, through being flogged, through prison, through so many things, but not giving up, not giving up. Nobody could take that from them, that Christ had risen from the dead 
and you could not stop these people from preaching it. Yes, they preached it, they preached it, they preached it, they preached it until it hit Apostle Paul who was called Saul then and was the chief opposer of the gospel. Do you get it? But Peter and Co were faithful with what was given to them and preached it until it affected Apostle Paul. Then when Apostle Paul got it, he took it to World Cup level. Went all the way with it. That's how come we get to be Christians today. Do you see what I'm saying? So the greater part of a person's usefulness is sometimes behind the incident. Do you get it? It's beyond it. If you allow the situation to stop you, you will miss everything that is to come. Do you understand? If you allow the situation to stop you, if you allow the offense to stop you, if you allow the hurt to end the relationship, it will stop everything else that is to come. Yeah. It will stop everything. But yet, the best may be yet to come. So give people a chance. Amen. Amen. Give people a chance. Don't end the relationship because they did this or didn't do that. You get it? Forgive them. Forgive them and give them another chance. And as we forgive them, you will find they will get better. They will improve. One day they will be stars. And together you will look back at their earlier years and earlier days. And you will laugh. They will even be grateful to you for being patient with them. Are you getting it? And that will be a blessing. I think that, that alone is a good enough sermon for. So forgive quickly. Amen. How can I forgive? So then how can I forgive? Then we started talking about what, how you can forgive. Dismiss the issues that are thorny and painful. Right? You have to, you have to. These are seven things that constitute forgiveness. Dismiss the issues that are thorny and painful. Amen. You have to let the matter go. Dismiss it. Amen. Dismiss the issue means suck the issue. You get it? Yes. Number two, give up all claims against the person who has offended you. That means you decide that it does not matter. You get it? Give up the claim. Don't say he has done this anymore. Or don't say she has done this anymore. Just give it up. Do you get it? Number three. Cancel any indebtedness towards the offending person. You get it? Indebtedness means feeling that the person owes you something. Isn't it? Yes, because sometimes it's not that you are not willing to forgive, but your forgiveness is waiting for his apology or her apology or at least an acknowledgement that they have hurt you. Isn't that true? Yes. 
We all feel better when somebody will at least admit. Yes. That's why when somebody cuts you off even in traffic, you wish they would just, you know, yes. They'll just do that. Yes. You get it? Yes. But forgiveness says or forgiving somebody means giving up the expectation of that wave. You get it? Yes. Just say, you don't have to wave anymore. It's all right. I'll still, I'll still follow you. Do, do you get it? Yes. But sometimes some people, men, they'll drive up to you. They'll chase you. They are almost hitting you with their car. You know, then when they come to the stoplight, they'll pull up on the side, and drop their window and start to insult you. Yes. You get it. And we see even worse situations. Some, some of them, you see these road rage incidents. I mean, all the way down to shooting somebody. Yes. I mean, people get really upset. It's, it's, it's amazing. But that's what happens. Do you get it? So cancel the indebtedness. The person doesn't have to do anything back to earn your forgiveness. Do you see what I'm saying? Cancel it. Say, you don't owe me anything. If you happen to see that what you did was not good and repent, good for you. But for me, I'm not making it a condition. Do you get it? Mind you, I am thinking about me and the devil who now has an advantage over me. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Who now wants to destroy my life who now wants to destroy my ministry? Who now wants to destroy everything that I'm doing? Do you, do, you, do you get it? Especially things that you have struggled so hard to be able to build. And he wants to tear the whole thing down. Do, do you understand? So it's in my interest to forgive. Not to wait for when you see it. What if you don't see it? Do you see Yes. Honestly, it's very important for us to look up to God and to trust God, to deal with people and to deal with issues. Amen? Because even people can never, like I said earlier, people can never see into your heart to know how deep you've been cut. But God does. Do you see? Yes, God does. God does. God does. And that's why we need to trust him to deal with it. Say amen. Amen. Then number four, or D, make no more mention of the matter that has offended you. Make no more mention of the matter that has offended you. Yes. Decide. I will not talk about this anymore. Amen. Amen. Yes. Just decide that this particular thing that this person did at this time, I will not talk about it anymore. Hallelujah. Number five, stop feeling resentment against a particular person. Stop feeling resentment resentment against a particular person. I think that by the time you climb up to four, 
you know, if we follow the instructions in four, five will be easy. You get it? Because many times the resentment is revived when you talk about the issue. Isn't it? Yeah, it's like you're staring it up. You see, and so the fragrance starts coming. Yes. You get it? And so it starts to come again. You get it? Yes. I'm thinking of like a basket of potpourri and it seems to be dying. And the, the scents are not coming out anymore. You take it and you toss it a bit. You get it? And then it starts to, yes, revive and bring it life. Do you get it? Yes. So the more you talk about it, the more it stays around. But if we decide that we will not talk about it anymore, the feelings of resentment will begin to go down. They'll go down. And then eventually it will, um, it will, it will go, isn't it? All right. Number six, stop feeling angry towards the one who offended you. Yes, of course. If, if, if you stop feeling resentment, you will stop feeling angry. Do you get it? Yes. If you stop feeling resentment, you will stop feeling angry towards the one who offended you. Amen. Then the last one is cancel all punishments that you have planned for the person. <laughs> right? Ephesians 4.32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Amen? Amen. Yes. Remember that God has also forgiven you. So cancel the punishments. Amen? So the wives must decide to cook. They must decide to cook all the same. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, still make some food. You get it. And even more than that. In about two weeks, when I say wives, DJ will be one of them. I will be, I will be talking specifically about her. She's not going to hear the end of it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So we must cancel all punishment. The things that we have decided we will not do, you know, or we will do, you know, as a, a kind of response to what the person has done. If we have really forgiven, then we cancel those punishments. Amen. Amen. Right. So that was number six, right? No. So number six, then under number six, forgive quickly, isn't it? Then we're talking about how to forgive in number six. And I've given you seven points there. A, B, C, D, up to G. Isn't it? All right. So now we're going to point number seven. Isn't it? 
point number seven in um, how to overcome offenses. Okay. And the last one is walk in love. And pray for your offenders. Yes. Walk in love and pray for your offenders. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. It says, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. (laughs) Jesus is wonderful. Isn't it? It is like it's a joke. (laughs) Huh? But we're going to do it. (laughs) Love your enemies. Bless them that hurt you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And persecute you. Wow. Pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you. Wow. That ye may be the children of your father. That means that you will resemble your father, isn't it? Which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Amen. Amen. Yes. The Bible is saying we should take a cue from what God does. That God sends rain on the just and the unjust. God doesn't send rain only on the just. Isn't it? If you were the operator and controller of rains. Isn't it? You you would distribute it selectively. Yeah, some places. eh? And it says he makes his son also to rise on the just and the unjust. Wow. Because if you were the controller of the sun, if you had the regulator in your hand, darkness completely. Yes. They are either going to have all the heat or none of it. Isn't it? You leave them sometimes in complete darkness. Then other times you're going to turn the regulator up, the thermostat for the sun. <laughs> yes. 120, Mike. 120, 130, 150, 180 degrees for certain parts of the town. My Lord. This is why we need to pray always and say, Lord, make me like you. Amen. Because it's difficult. I think as I'm even reading it, you can see, no, Jesus. (laughs) Yes. You get it. But we can pray. We need to pray about it. 
and say, Lord, I am weak, but you are strong. You can do this and you can help me to do this. I want to be like you. Isn't it? Yes. I want to be like you. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be more like you. Isn't it? Yes. I want to be like Jesus. He says that you may be children of your father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth his rain on the just and the unjust. So God knows full well there are people in this world who deny, even deny his existence. Isn't it? Who persecute his prophets. You know, who do so many things. And yet, they live in neighborhoods that God pours rain on. You get it? Yes. And the more God looks after them, the more rebellious they become. Yes. Yes. One time I heard somebody was given something. A person was sacked and was given something. And then I heard that the person said it was given to him because the organization knew that it it owed it to him. You get it? And what was his proof? He said that because who sacks a person and gives him money? Do you get it? Yes, but meanwhile, he was sacked and given money because of benevolence. Somebody was thinking about him. Somebody was thinking probably that this person has a family, has a future, um, you know, children and so on. Here is something for you. Yes, you get it. Then the person turns it around and says that no. It's because you knew you owed it to me. Yeah. That's, that's ingratitude. But that's how the world is. The more God looks after the people, the more merciful God is to people, the more arrogant the people become. Yes. The more arrogant the people become. You see, someone has a close, you know, experience very close call with death and the person does not die and then he comes up and says yeah because I, my willpower yes because I, 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 I don't believe in dying and I don't, I don't think I'm going to die now I'm not the dying type really so you see arrogance and you see pride oh dear Lord help us. Do you see? But we can walk in love. Amen. Amen. Let me read this particular paragraph to you and then we'll close. Amen. It says, praying for your offenders proves that you are walking in love. Praying for your offenders proves that you are doing what? Walking in love. Amen. Instead of telling you to love your offenders, I am saying you should pray for those who offend you. Praying for someone is attacking, who is attacking you, is a revelation of your love for them. 
Amen. Yeah. And if you struggle with it, pray in tongues. Because sometimes even your mind cannot handle. <laughs> Sorry? Your prayers will be amiss. Yes. If you even start to construct the prayers, it, it, it's, it's not really working. Yeah. You see. So, it's, it's best to pray in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you see? Yes. Yes. You see? So that you'll be able to pray for them. But one of the things I have found is that when you start to pray for someone, your heart starts softening towards them. Yes. When you decide to pray for someone, you find that your heart begins to soften towards the person. Yes. And it's a little easier. It becomes easier as you go along. In fact, it gets to a point where you now even begin to feel sorry for the person. Yes, you feel, you feel like this person does not even know what they're doing. Yes, and you start to feel, you know, um, you know, you start to feel empathy, exactly. Yes, empathy. You start to have and feel, have feelings of empathy towards them, you know. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. He says, you cannot pray genuinely for someone you hate. It's not easy to pray for someone you regard as an enemy. It is possible to say with your mouth that you love your brother. That's easy. However, no one can truly tell that you love them. Love is an invisible force that we all claim to possess. Christians fight and hurt each other all the time. Meanwhile, each side claims to be walking in the love of God. (laughs) Do you see? I have come to be wary when I am told that a person is a Christian. I'm always concerned that I will encounter an envious Christian. An envious Christian is like a dangerous human devil. (laughs) Indeed, envious Christians can be even more antagonistic and hateful. There's actually a lot of jealousy and envy in the church. And that accounts for many of the conflicts that Christians encounter. Jesus Christ was crucified and tortured because of envy in religious people. Do you see? Yes. Remember that when Jesus was on the cross and being offended greatly by wickedness, rejection, 
and ungratefulness of the Jewish nation, he actually prayed for them. Isn't it? Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. It's time to check and see whether you can offer genuine prayer for certain people. Remember that you are equally in dire need of forgiveness from God. Isn't it? Yes. 70% of love is made up of forgiveness. If you love someone, it means you forgive the person. It's time to accept that you must walk in love and forgive anyone who has offended you. Check your forgiveness checklist again if you claim you are walking in love. Amen. Amen. So are you ready to check? All right. Number one, have you dismissed the issues that are thorny and painful to you? Have you dismissed them? Right? So you should write them down and check. Number two, have you given up all claims against the person who has offended you? Have you given up all claims against the person who has offended you? Number three, have you canceled any indebtedness of the one who hurt you? Or are you living and feeling that he really owes you something? Owes you at least an apology? Do you see? Yeah. Number four, do you still make mention of the matter that has offended you? Number five, have you stopped feeling resentment against your offender? Number six, have you stopped feeling angry towards the one who hurt you? And number seven, have you canceled all punishments and revenge you have planned for those who hurt you? If you follow these steps, you will be free from hurts. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. So that's the end of the chapter. Amen. And I believe that God is speaking to us. I know we went over some of what we did last week, but I feel that this latter part especially is challenging us. Isn't it? It's challenging us to be like Jesus. To walk in love and pray for your offenders. You get it? Instead of walk in bitterness and curse your offenders. Walk in love and pray for them. Walk in love and pray for them. Walk in love and pray for them. And I said that if you don't know what to pray about, just pray in tongues. (laughs) Pray in the Holy Ghost. You get it? And be thankful that you don't understand what you are saying. Because you might be very surprised that the Lord is, you you know, you are actually praying that the Lord will build them houses (laughs) and make them prosperous. Wow. And establish them. But it is one of the ways to save yourself from being um, hurt and to save yourself from Satan having an advantage over you for a long time. 
Hallelujah. So that's the end of the message. Amen. Stand to your feet, everybody, and let's pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Close your eyes with me, and I want you to pray for. Let's try it today. Let's, let, let, let's try it. Amen. I'm sure we have some enemies we can think about. Or even people who have hurt us. They may not be your enemy. Because just because someone has hurt you does not make them your enemy. Honestly, I think that enemies are defined more by their position in relation to you. You get it? Than what, how you feel about them. You don't necessarily have to make someone your enemy. Sometimes he becomes an enemy because of the where he's standing against you. You get it? Because an enemy is defined as someone who, who is against your progress, against what you are doing, and is working to thwart it and to hurt it. Do you, do you see? That's an enemy. So you may not make someone or designate someone as your enemy, but they make themselves your enemy because they take a position against you. You get it? Yes. So if you can think of someone like that today, then let's follow the word of God and pray for the person. Amen. Let's just pray for them and just pray that God will help them and God will I mean, somehow, just tell them that, you know, tell the Lord that I don't even know and I wouldn't have prayed for this person except that it is the word. And I want to walk in the word. The word is important. The word must win. So I want to walk in the word. And then let's start walking in the word. Amen. So let's pray. Let's pray for those who have hurt us, those who have persecuted us, those who have said things, evil things, painful things about us, let's pray for them. Let's pray for, for the guys who have hurt us, for the girls who have hurt us. In the name of Jesus, pray, everybody, just pray. Everybody open your mouth and pray. Pray for the enemy. Pray for the person you consider an enemy. Pray for the person who has hurt you. The person who is fighting against you. The person because of whom you have not been able to do certain things. You have not been able to attain certain things. You know, and you have resentment in you against that person because of what they did. It has never gone away because you are still living with the effects. But pray and release them. Pray for them. Pray for them. They say, Lord, I don't want this resentment to be in me. 
don't want this resentment to be in me. I want it to go and I'm ready and willing to let it go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh God, heal our hearts and cleanse our hearts, Lord. Heal our hearts, oh God, and cleanse our hearts in the name of Jesus. Cleanse every unforgiveness. Yes, in the name of Jesus. We release it. We release it. We release it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And we let it go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we are grateful for this afternoon. We are thankful, Lord, for your grace and your mercy shown us in sending a message like this our way that we will be lifted out of resentment out of hatred on account of what people have done against us today we declare Lord that we are ready to surrender we are willing to give up those negative feelings some of the feelings very old feelings resentment we harbor over issues that are so many years old yes we give them up Lord let your blood cleanse us from such yes Lord in the name of Jesus we thank you for your power that is released through your word. Let your word have its free course. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yes, we thank God for his word. Let us pray again and let's give people a chance to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you're here this afternoon and you want Jesus to be your Lord, I want you to raise up your right hand and I'll pray for you. If you're watching us online and you want to give your life to Christ or you are listening to the podcast and you want to give your life to Christ, we want to give you that opportunity right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for salvation this afternoon. Just say this prayer with me, everybody. Say, Lord Jesus. Say it again. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and you died for my sins. Say, today I come to you and I surrender my heart to you. Let your blood wash me, Lord. Let your blood cleanse me, Lord. Forgive my sins, Jesus. And make me a child of God. Thank you Jesus. For hearing my prayer. Amen.
Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Now, if you prayed this prayer and you mean it, we want you to send us a message. Send us a message on the number that is coming up on the screen. And I believe that someone will reach out to you. Just send a text message to that number and someone will reach out to you and will help you with your walk with the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Now I want us to come to the Lord's table. Let's have communion right now. Let's have communion. So we're ready with your communion. Yes. Thank you. Hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, we are one, and our lives have just begun. In the Spirit, we prophet at Flow Church or the First Love Center brother and he'll lead us in communion. Amen. Alright. Father we thank you for the possibility of having the Holy Communion. Thank you for the Holy Communion. Let the body of Jesus Christ bring healing to everyone who is part of this. The body of Jesus Christ. of Jesus let your sins hey how many have beguiled somebody and you need the blood of Jesus to cleanse you let every deception be washed away by the blood and let mercy come oh Lord instead of judgment the blood of Jesus 
Now lift your hands for your blessing. Lift your hands for your blessing. May the blessing of the Lord rest upon your life from now. The Lord guide you by his guiding light and cause you to escape every curse in the name of Jesus. Whatever represents a curse, whatever represents a curse that you are about to step on on Tuesday, may your foot escape that curse in the name of Jesus. Whatever represents a curse for Thursday, you are escaping that curse may a light shine on your path and may you see the right way may you walk on the right way and be delivered from every kind of evil the Lord bless you the Lord I said the Lord bless you can I hear your loudest amen the Lord make his face shine on you the Lord establish you Ah, the Lord defend you and the Lord fight for you in the name of Jesus Christ and everyone shouted amen. amen God bless you God bless you you may be seated hallelujah the Lord amen. fight for you and defend you amen. in Jesus name amen. amen you may 